That's lastchanceart.com podcast. Seven messages to help you establish your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. We're continuing our study on Last Chance Ark to help people be restored and to come into the Church of Jesus Christ. In our first session, we talked about leadership, and we will do so in the next three uh, lessons. But today, we're going to talk about uh, first good leadership, and then we will digress into bad leadership. The first thing I want to say is that leadership really follows the theme of the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's take a listen. Although we could spend our time in the patriarchs and the judges, and Sam with the prophet as good leaders, what we're going to do is first present the bad leader as a contrast to what God is looking for in a leader. So we have to start with uh, Saul, who God selects for a specific reason to be the leader or the first king over Israel. Saul is a Benjamite. He is from the city of Gibeah. You can read about Gibeah in the last uh, five chapters of the book of Judges. And uh, you'll notice that in the book of Judges, uh, chapters uh, 17 and 18 are an addendum, and chapters uh, 19 through 21 are also an addendum. And it has to do with idolatry and hypocrisy. And I'll explain more about that later. But Saul, and the big problem with Saul, is that he was a covenant breaker. He would break covenant. And, of course, what God is looking for is a leader that is after his own heart. Now, let me give you a definition. The heart represents your character. The heart of God is his character. If we want to look at God's character, we must go to the Ten Commandments, we must go to the Beatitudes, and we must go to the fruits of the Spirit. And, of course, there are 12 fruits of the Spirit. And, of course, Saul was an idolater, and that's the, basically the, the message. God uh, views that if we don't turn to the left or the right, we do not adopt any idolatry in our doctrine. However, character and doctrine are two different things. Most people define character as what you do when nobody's watching, especially the church. And the question is, how would we react if our deeds were published on the front page of a newspaper? Of course, people might say, why did God pick Saul in the first place? Well, what he wanted to do was to give the people of Israel a king that was just like who they were. They were covenant breakers, and they had fallen into idolatry. And that's, of course, what the, uh, the uh, purpose of uh, the book of Judges, uh, in chapter 2 specifically, between the time that Joshua died until these new leadership arose, is that they were covenant breakers. They were idolaters. And so God gave them a king after their own heart. He gave them Saul. And so we see that God's own heart, his character, was a king like David. Let's read about this episode of Saul and Samuel in 1 Samuel 13, verses 8 through 15. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, 
and all the people followed him trembling. 8 Then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. 9 So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. 10 Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might de-greet him. 11 And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Mikemash, 12 Then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled, and offered a burnt offering. 13 And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. 14 But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. 15 Then Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal to Jibia of E. Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people present with him, about 600 men. We have to be careful not to read too quickly beyond this passage. We see that it's always been God's goal for Christians to be both priests and kings. But in the Old Testament, we see that Saul decides to take on the role of priesthood without God's permission. See, we see that the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek is priests plus kings. But yet Samuel was the priest and Saul was the king. So Saul abrogates what God's command is. He says he felt compelled. Feelings will betray us, as opposed to knowing the word of God, as opposed to feeling the spirit. Let us know what God expects of us. Now, the second part of this is that Saul was from Gibeah. That was the central city of the tribe of Benjamin. As we have read in the last five chapters of the book of Judges, is that there was gross idolatry that happened, both in the tribe of Dan, but also in Gibeah. The Benjamites, of course, abused the concubine of the Levitical priest that stopped in their city, and he, they killed her. And so we know that the uh, priest then carved up her body into 12 pieces, sent those pieces to the 12 tribes, who then surrounded Benjamin and Gibeah. Now you'll notice in that war, which is detailed in the book of Judges, in that addendum, that about one-tenth of the tribe of Judah and all the other Israelites are killed, and it looks like they're going to lose this battle against the uh, Benjamites of Gibeah. And so the reason that they're losing is because the tribe of Dan, which was involved in gross idolatry with the Levitical priest who was making Tephilim or uh, Baals up there in the northern part of Israel, was part of the uh, punishment that was going after Benjamin. So that's hypocrisy. And so God, of course, has given Israel a king that's a covenant breaker. They have uh, surrounded the Benjamites and uh, destroyed them with the exception of only 600 men. 600 men are left in the tribe of Benjamin. Of course, we know that the Apostle Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin. These 600 men hid themselves in the rocks 
and of course then they were permitted to come out and marry uh, from uh, what they decided were people that were not worthy to marry. Long story short, the story of Saul is the story of hypocrisy and idolatry in leadership. God is looking for leaders after his own heart, his character, and that is what we will see with David. David was a man that sought God's heart. Now, what we're going to find out is that Samuel, after telling Saul that he has lost the kingdom, God is going to instruct Samuel to go to the family of Jesse. Now, David was the youngest boy, but David's birth was disputable. David's mother was accused of possibly committing adultery. And so David's birthright, David's birth, uh, seems to have been uh, in kind of question. So David says that he was shapen in iniquity when he writes the Psalms. He says that he felt that he himself probably felt that his mother was not the most upright woman. But the Bible says that he was definitely the son of Jesse, although it would appear that that was disputed because of his color. He was ruddy. He was short. But God picked David because David was after God's character. Are we as leaders in the church after the character of God, the character of Jesus Christ? A lot of people say that anointing is what I follow, but character is far more important to God than anointing. Anointing is simply a gift. It's a gift of faith. But character is fruit that must be absorbed, and it takes time. And so integrity, justice, honor, all the things that God stands for, God never compromises his principles for family relationships. And you'll see over and over again in the story of all the kings of, of Israel that they oftentimes put their children above the integrity that God demands. And we call that blood being thicker than water. See, the real issue is, is that agape love in the New Testament is the principles of God that we must know. And a lot of times we don't feel like following God. We want to preserve our our human relationships, which is philos love. Agape has to be superior. We have to love God first, then ourselves, then our neighbors. And of course, David is the example that God gives us. And we're going to read a little bit about David being anointed by Samuel and that story, why David was out tending the sheep and not presented by his father Jesse before Samuel, because his birth was sort of in question. Let's read from 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 15, where Samuel anoints David to be king. 1 Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, and go, I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have a provided myself a king among his sons. 2 And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. 
3 Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, you shall anoint for me the one I name to you. 4 So Samuel did what the Lord said, and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Do you come peaceably? 5 And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify be yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons, and invited them to the sacrifice. 6 So it was, when they came, that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. 7 But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have see refused him. 4 D The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 8 So Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. 9 Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. 10 Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. 11 And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him. For we will not e sit down till he comes here. 12 So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with f bright eyes, and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. 13 Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. A distressing spirit troubles Saul 14 But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Now many would say, See, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. He was anointed with the oil. But you have to understand is that character came before anointing. Samson was anointed by the Spirit as well, but yet he lost his seven locks of hair to Delilah. And this is a pattern that we'll see throughout Scripture, that of all God's leaders, their humanity will get in the way of their agape. David, in David's case, he now goes on under the power of God to kill Goliath and to rouse the Philistines, to marry Saul's daughter. He plays the harp to try to get rid of the evil spirit that's on Saul. And uh, David <clears throat> becomes uh, what the Bible calls a good king. All kings are now compared to David 70 times. Various kings will be compared to David as king. David's own life, we find that he eventually commits adultery with Bathsheba and murder by killing her husband Uriah to cover up his deeds. And so what we will see is that all kings will reach a point of infallibility 
Infallibility is the quality where we no longer are teachable. We no longer listen. But David had a quality that was different in that the voice of Nathan, the prophet, came to him and he repented publicly. And then, of course, he wrote the psalm lamenting the fact that he had sinned with Bathsheba, that he felt that he was, in fact, a sinner without hope. But David repented publicly and God restored him, although the consequence of his infallibility became apparent because there was division from that point on in his kingdom. The problem with modern day church leaders is that if they do not have a voice of accountability in their life, is they will also reach a popish state of infallibility. There are two great curses that happen to leaders in the church. Number one is infallibility, but number two is politics. Relying upon the arm of the flesh is a theme that repeats over and over with the good kings of Judah. That would include people like Jehoshaphat, that would include Asa, that would include Joash, and also King Hezekiah. Only Josiah, only Josiah is held up to us as not having relied upon the arm of the flesh or politics. We have no king but Caesar, is the cry of people who are involved in politics, secular politics. Jesus Christ is our king. He is after us to adopt his character to become priest kings. We're being trained for a millennium when we will rule the planet Earth as priest kings. There are two ways to create unity in the body of Christ. One is through fear. And one is through love. You can tell the difference because fear is always heavy-handed authority and threatening of excommunication. We are not to abuse and beat God's heritage, as it says in the book of Luke, as stated in the Olivet Discourse, as people become impatient for the return of Jesus Christ. We are also not to become lords over God's flock, but to esteem one another to be the better, to submit one to another. Leadership must be based on the principles of love, agape and phylos love, Philadelphia. So let's take our lumps. Let's adopt the fruits of the Spirit, the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes. Let's pray for our enemies. Let's love our neighbors as ourselves. Let's lead a quiet and peaceful life. Let's preach the truth in love. Nowhere do we see that politics is part of the gospel. In fact, John the Baptist lost his head over politics. Jesus never carried a sign. He didn't go on a riot. He didn't go on a protest. He didn't go to political party meetings and do the Hitler salute. He didn't do that. Listen, folks, we need to be like Jesus Christ, like David. We need to repent if we're leaders publicly, and we need to have a voice in our life. You know, they stoned and they killed all the prophets in Jerusalem. Why? Infallibility. Let me summarize and review the five key points mentioned in this podcast. First, good leadership. Holiness of doctrine. Second, holiness of character. And then, of course, bad leadership. The unholiness of infallibility the unholiness of politics, 
and the unholiness of idolatry. In the next podcast, we will review and examine ugly leadership. Appreciate your listening. Thank you. a seven-message podcast series to help you establish your relationship with Jesus Christ. Music